Hello everyone, this is the grand finale of the sexual struggles, romantic struggles of us public figures and global icons, part four. This is what I have had to recognize. That the reason why I sexually avoid most people and romantically avoid most people is that they would cause me to endure romantic irritability, romantic aggravation, romantic agitation, romantic annoyance, being romantically grouchy, being romantically grumpy, being romantically cross-patch, romantic exasperation, romantic frustration, romantic rage, romantic anger, romantic outrage, romantic fury, romantic wrath, romantic hostility, romantic ferocity, romantic bitterness, romantic hatred, romantic scorn, romantic spite, romantic vengefulness, romantic dislike, romantic resentment, romantic disgust, romantic revulsion, romantic contempt, Romantic loathing, romantic envy, romantic jealousy, romantic torment, romantic torture, romantic suffering, romantic agony, romantic anguish, romantic hurt, romantic sadness, romantic depression, romantic despair, romantic gloom, romantic glumness, romantic unhappiness, romantic grief, romantic sorrow, romantic woe, romantic misery, romantic melancholy. Romantic disappointment, romantic dismay, romantic displeasure, romantic shame, romantic guilt, romantic regret, romantic remorse, romantic neglect, romantic alienation, romantic defeatism, romantic dejection, romantic embarrassment, romantic homesickness, romantic humiliation, romantic insecurity, romantic insults, romantic isolation, romantic loneliness, romantic rejection, romantic mono no aware. Romantic pity, romantic false sympathy, romantic horror, romantic alarm, romantic shock, romantic fear, romantic fright, romantic terror, romantic panic, romantic hysteria, romantic mortification, romantic nervousness, romantic anxiety, romantic suspense, romantic uneasiness, romantic apprehension. Romantic worry, romantic distress, romantic dread. So that also means that most people would 
robbed me of pleasant romantic astonishment, pleasant romantic amazement, pleasant romantic surprises, pleasant romantic relief, romantic rapture, romantic enthrallment, romantic hope, romantic eagerness, romantic optimism, romantic triumph, healthy romantic pride, healthy romantic pleasure, romantic contentment, romantic exhilaration, healthy romantic thrills, romantic excitement, romantic zeal, romantic enthusiasm, romantic zest, romantic euphoria, romantic ecstasy, romantic satisfaction, romantic elation, romantic jubilation, romantic happiness, romantic gladness, romantic enjoyment, romantic delight, romantic joy, romantic joviality, romantic jolliness, romantic glee, romantic gaiety, romantic bliss, romantic amusement, romantic cheerfulness, romantic longing, romantic infatuation, romantic passion, romantic desires, romantic lust, um, romantic needs, romantic sentimentality, romantic compassion, romantic tenderness, romantic caring, romantic attraction, romantic like, romantic fondness, romantic adoration, romantic affection, and romantic love. This episode is going to be very short. Um, just, in, you know, if you want to know. But let me keep on going. Which also means, I want to say this. I don't, now you understand why I refuse to date most people. Now that's been fully cleared. Let's go sexually. I don't sleep with most people because most people would cause me sexual dread, sexual distress, sexual worry, sexual fear, sexual apprehension, sexual uneasiness, sexual suspense, sexual anxiety, sexual nervousness, sexual mortification, sexual hysteria, sexual panic, sexual terror, sexual horror, sexual fright, sexual fear, sexual shock, sexual alarm, uh... False sexual sympathy, sexual mono no aware, sexual pity, uh, sexual rejection, sexual loneliness, sexual isolation, sexual insult, sexual insecurity, sexual humiliation, sexual sickness, sexual embarrassment, sexual dejection, sexual defeatism, sexual alienation, sexual neglect, sexual remo- uh, sexual remorse, sexual regret, sexual guilt, sexual shame, sexual displeasure. Sexual dismay, sexual disappointment, sexual melancholy, sexual sadness, sexual melancholy, sexual misery, sexual woe, sexual sorrow, sexual grief, sexual unhappiness, sexual glumness, sexual gloom, sexual despair, sexual depression, sexual hurt, sexual anguish, sexual agony, sexual suffering, sexual torture, sexual torment, sexual jealousy, sexual envy, sexual loathing, sexual contempt, sexual revulsion, sexual disgust. Sexual resentment, sexual dislike, sexual vengefulness, sexual spite, sexual scorn, sexual hatred, sexual bitterness, sexual ferocity, sexual hostility, sexual wrath, sexual fury, sexual outrage, sexual anger, sexual rage, sexual frustration, sexual exasperation, sexually cross-patched, being sexually grumpy, being sexually grouchy, sexual annoyance, sexual agitation, sexual aggravation, and sexual irritability. That also means most people rob me of pleasant sexual astonishment. Pleasant sexual amazement. Pleasant sexual surprises. Pleasant sexual relief. 
sexual rapture, sexual enthrallment, sexual hope, sexual eagerness, sexual optimism, sexual triumph, healthy sexual pride, healthy sexual pleasure, sexual contentment, sexual exhilaration, healthy sexual thrill, sexual excitement, sexual zeal, sexual enthusiasm, sexual zest, sexual euphoria, sexual ecstasy, sexual satisfaction, sexual elation, sexual jubilation, sexual happiness, sexual gladness, sexual enjoyment, sexual delight, sexual joy, sexual joviality, sexual jolliness, sexual glee, sexual gaiety, sexual bliss, sexual amusement, sexual amusement, sexual cheerfulness, sexual longing, sexual infatuation, sexual passion, sexual desire, sexual needs, healthy sexual lust, sexual sentimentality, sexual compassion, sexual tenderness, sexual caring, sexual attraction, sexual liking, sexual fun, sexual adoration, sexual affection, and sexual love. Which means that when it comes to most people, I would be robbed of sexual empathy, romantic empathy, sexual neighborliness, romantic neighborliness, romantic neighborliness. I would be robbed of Sexual compassionate love, romantic compassionate love, uh, sexual sacrificial love, romantic sacrificial love, sexual unconditional love, romantic unconditional love, sexual companionate love, romantic companionate love, um, sexual agape love, romantic agape love, uh, sexual self love, romantic self love. So now you fully understand why I don't sleep with most people. And overall, I want to um, make this clear. And I I think I, I absolutely need to say this um see as a rape survivor I now have to make it my um conscious responsibility as well as conscious duty to not be in a situation where if I sleep or date with the wrong I sleep or date the wrong person then somehow you know, it's like it's it's a form of being re-traumatized. So I have to avoid sexual re-traumatization, romantic re-traumatization. Because in the past, I couldn't help the sexual traumatization and romantic traumatization. Now I have to really be careful of who I share my body with and share my lovey doveyness with, because. There are some people who want to sexually assault those who've already been sexually assaulted when they were younger. And that would include me, painfully speaking. And there are some people who, oh, you've, you've, been, you've been romantically abused? Well, I'm going to heap more romantic abuse on you. And I also have to be mindful of the fact that um, in terms of dealing with most 
people, I also have to understand that the most simplistic reason for why I don't date for the most part and I don't have sex for the most part is because most people refuse to handle a prophetic person like myself who because of the global social justice warrior calling on my life that means I hurt sometimes I'm shunned sometimes I may have to lose materialism sometimes I may not always feel good sometimes and I may have to piss some people off sometimes because I do what's right and I may be jeered because I do what's right sometimes and the last reason is also because I'll be blackballed and blacklisted in certain environments and certain communities because I do what's right. Most people cannot handle me in any kind of way. And I also had to um, I really had to tell myself these kinds of truths which is that um, when I look at my own existence I had to tell myself these things most people lack the traits of the disciplined mind which means intellectual integrity, intellectual time, intellectual empathy, intellectual courage, intellectual confidence, reason, intellectual fair-mindedness, intellectual perseverance, intellectual sense of justice, and intellectual um, humility. Which another way of saying the same thing is that most people possess the traits of the undisciplined mind, which means most people have intellectual hypocrisy, intellectual conformity, intellectual self-centeredness, intellectual cowardice, intellectual distrust of reason, intellectual disregard for justice, intellectual laziness, intellectual unfairness, and intellectual arrogance. And then I um I had to um, recognize that most, another way of saying the same thing is that most people lack clarity, accuracy, precision, relevance, depth, D-E-P-T-H, breath, B-R-E-A-D-T-H, significance, fairness, 
logic. And then, um, most people lack the intellectual standards. In a nutshell, they lack the elements of thought. And then, um, I'll say this. Because I like to, I'm basically summarizing this episode. I'm not as graphic as I was in previous episodes. That's how I am when it comes to series, when I wrap up the series. Sad to say, there's a, a another reason why I very rarely date, very rarely have sex, because a lot of people hate all 30, all 30 articles of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. They're abbreviated, so we're going to go by them very quickly. A lot of people are offended by right to equality, freedom from discrimination, right to life, liberty, personal security, freedom from slavery, freedom from torture and degrading treatment and punishment, right to recognition as a person before the law, right to equality before the law, right to remedy by competent tribunal, freedom from arbitrary rest and exile, right to fair public hearing, right to be considered innocent to proven guilty, freedom from interference with privacy, family, home, and correspondence, right to free movement in and out the country, right to asylum in other countries from persecution, right to nationality, freedom to change it, right to marriage and family, right to own property, freedom of belief and religion, freedom of opinion and information, right of peaceful assembly and association, right to participate in government and in free elections, right to social security, right to desirable work and to join trade unions, Right to rest and leisure, right to adequate living standard, right to education, right to participate in the cultural life of the community, right to a social order that articulates this document, community duties essential to free and full development, freedom from state of or interpersonal interference in the above rights. Um... And then I've noticed something. Is that there's also many people, most people actually, who are completely desensitized and completely insensitive to the theory of multiple intelligences. And I would just state them. people are completely desensitized and completely insensitive to logical mathematical intelligence, linguistic intelligence, spatial intelligence, body kinesthetic intelligence, musical intelligence, interpersonal intelligence, interpersonal intelligence, naturalistic intelligence, naturalistic intelligence, emotional intelligence, distantial intelligence, creative intelligence, and collaborative intelligence. So now... I'm pretty much done doing the readings I plan to do. Got everything out. 
I want to tell this very last part of of my sexual past to best sum up my um, sexual prudence, P-R-U-D-E-N-C-E, and romantic prudence. One more time, P-R-U-D-E-N-C-E. Well, when I was in um, a college man, I remember that there were times where the sex workers would take me to their legal jobs with them. They usually did the same kind of work I end up doing later in life. They were doing office assistant work, clerical work, receptionist work, secretarial work, mail clerk work, um, administrative assistant work, front desk work, guest services work, and they were doing the hospitality industry kind of work. And how, how did I, well, when I didn't have classes, I remember going to go see them. And they would say, and they would say, hey, meet me at my job. So their job, some of their jobs weren't walking distances. Sometimes during like their lunch break, if I didn't, if I just finished lunch and I didn't have class, um, I remember they would pick me up and take me to work with them. And I would pretty much spend the lunch break with them meeting their um meeting their co-workers the ones they would let me meet I didn't get to meet everybody because some of the people there were not nice according to them and I said if you feel that way let's just not meet them at all and they strongly agree so there were some um co-workers that they had women and I ended up having sex with some of the women co-workers of theirs and this and the sex workers were cool with it um because the co-workers found me attractive because of my um my empathy my geniusness and my college professor natural way of articulation and my looks were a major bonus to them. Um, most of my, I mean, and where we would have sex, yeah, we birth control, and it would be at the apartments and homes of their women co-workers. Sometimes the sex workers joined in, and it would be orgies together. Other times it would just be individual sex with me and each of their women co-workers one at a time. So I remember most of my women's sex partners at the time were in their 40s and 50s, but they looked like women in their 20s because they were health conscious in terms of eating, health conscious in terms of drinking uh, fluids, uh, health conscious in terms of being a gym enthusiast, and because they love fitness centers and working out on them. Um, and they 
were health conscious in terms of obeying their doctors and dentists. They they had stellar doctor reports and dental reports. Um, and they came from families where being health conscious was the thing. So they would eat sweets and junk, um, small portions, but occasionally, for the most part, they would eat what a nutritionist and a dietitian would tell you to eat. And they would drink the foods that a nutritionist and dietitian would tell you to drink. And they all, and they had, they all had fitness trainers. And I remember that um, when it came to their lives, um, they were just also health conscious in terms of exercise too, self-explanatory. And um, they were very curvy very slim thick um some were thick thick but they wouldn't be considered fat now i hate fat shaming i hate the social stigma of obesity i just want to say that i'm a body positivity and self-care kind of person but um they were thick thick but not fat um and they were all extremely healthy people. And um, they liked that I was a health conscious, health enthusiast, health aficionado myself, just because like them, they were. And so they looked like women in college. They looked like women in their whole 20s, you know, that decade, that age bracket of women. And um, not to offend women, and I'm not doing ageism, I'm just telling you the truth about what my past was like. And I also remember that um, a couple of their fitness trainers were women. So I ended up meeting them. And sometimes I would exercise with the fitness trainers. They actually let me, they would like kind of train me for free. They're like, you know, he's in college, be easy on him. And the fitness trainers found me instantly attractive. Like, okay, I'm not going to charge him anything. So I would eat and drink with their women fitness trainers would say what it recommended for me to eat and drink. And I would do all the exercises and the amount of exercise time that the fitness trainers or women said to do. And... You know, they loved my doctor dental reports. Like, well, I ain't got to help you with the doctor dental reports. Yours are fabulous. And so, also, the women fitness trainers, and I ended up having sex in their apartments and homes because um, they, they, like a lot of women at that time, would go, well, you look like you're fabulous in bed. And you look like you are extremely physically strong. And you look like you can lead, lead me. You know, they, they wanted, they, they basically said to me directly, this is their sacrobatum. You have what it takes to be my alpha male. Um, 
I would I would love to take orders from you. And so when it came to sex, all those things happened. And outside of sex, all those things happened. So what I am able to um, remember is that, um, you know, sometimes the sex workers join to be an orgy, but it would usually be individual sex I had with each of the women trainers. And then, um, I feel like, and yeah, birth control is used. So, when I look at, um, what happened to me at that time, I remember being in church, where sometimes the women and I in church would, um, graphically uh, whispered to me and I would graphically whispered to him what we would sexually do to each other while the pastor was preaching. At the time, I was the kind of, I was a church-going fornicator. I was the kind of fornicator that would attend um, Bible studies. I was the kind of fornicator that would spend Friday nights with the pastor and other, with some pastors and other people of the body of Christ and we would have like these you know go to like recovery centers I remember that time going to recovery center, Christian recovery type centers you know it's like church but there's more raw rugged and real testimonials I, I used to be this kind of person then Christ delivered me and there would be food. I remember there was, um, you know, what was it called? Um, there would be Christian television. Um, we would be in our individual trailers talking about uh, manhood ish manhood issues, and we would talk, and the women would talk about women issues. I did that sometimes. So I was still doing church activities, even though I was living a double life in church. Nobody knew because I didn't know how to resist. I said it before, but let me give you more detail. I didn't know how to resist somebody sexually. I didn't know how to say no to somebody sexually saying the same thing. I didn't know how to go about sexual social cues, uh, sexual gestures, sexual body language, sexual tone of voice, sexual word choices. I didn't have the conscious wisdom in terms of approaching all these parts of life wisely. I didn't know how to... um, go about sexual acceptance or sexual rejection in respectful manners. I didn't know how to do that. So, I was also some of my Friday nights were spent some of my Saturdays and Sundays and Fridays were spent having orgies with women, individual sex with women. So, some of the women turned their apartments and homes into 
sex parties and sex clubs and uh, usually I was the only guy there Um, it was because a lot of the women got tired of the knuckleheads so they were like well we're all just going to share Antonio in the past there were guys there but they were kicked out because they turned out to be knuckleheads, male pigs. So they so they decided let's keep the orgies going, but Antonio's gonna be the only man around. That's exactly what occurred. And um, I'm not saying this out of bragging rights. I'm just letting people know that there are people like me who go through these kind of things. And it's not to rub anybody's face. That is not what I'm doing. What I'm doing is sharing with you the the sexual hard truths and romantic hard truths of my life. And some of the women were my sugar mamas, as I've said in some other episodes. Basically, they um, bought me anything I wanted pretty much you know and uh, I also remember uh, yeah I had sex with the sugar mamas there's treating dating like they would be called gold diggers but they were not your, they but they were usually I don't I know how gold digger the term could be offensive. I'm just telling you how society with many people decided to feel about them. But they were the but they were pleasant in spirit. Very pleasant in spirit. And um that's what I think you know I, I I've learned um as I wrap up the episode this is my last time talking about a sexual past. I just remember um, being in situations where um, and Sugar Mommy's never charged me for anything. It's always free. Um... How I met them, walking around, and women would pull up on me in cars, so that's usually how the sex would commence. Oh, getting back to the church. After the women and I would graphically tell each other through whispering what we would do to each other's sex while the pastor was preaching, we would do everything we told each other in church that we were going to do to each other sexually in their homes, apartments and houses, if you will, at um I would, you know, I remember they would drive me, we would, they would pick me up from their dorm, we have sex in their house apartments, then go to church, then do all the Pentecostal expressions, it could be lip syncing, praising, it could be running laps around the church, I said this before, let me give you new details, it could be, um, raising our hands in the air, talking to God, waving our hands like we just don't care. 
you know, but it was the kind of church where you could do club dances because it was like, well, this is how we feel the Holy Spirit. So it was twerking, but not like sexual twerking. But when people feel the spirit, the gyrating, like at an Elvis Presley concert, it was like that. And there was a lot of um, applauding the pastor, clapping and egging on like they do in church, you know, the call and response. And, you know, how when they verbally encourage the pastor, like you, like they do Pentecostal, it was like that. Um... The women were Pentecostal, but they were, they called themselves PWC, Pentecostal Christian Cougars. Um, And at the time, from what I remember by being around them, they didn't tell everybody that's what they were doing or into. They just told me. They stopped dealing with other young men in church after a while. And the only young men they shared was me. Not bragging. Just giving you the facts about my past. And... I remember... uh, Being in that kind of world myself. And... uh, For me, um, it was extremely difficult because a part of me felt um, a sense of despondency, you know, a sense of guilt, a sense of despair. Because I was, because of the double living that we were all doing, I was living a double life with other people and living a double life. So it was an individual double living and shared double living that we were all doing. So feeling like a pharisaical hypocrite at the time was, it felt devastating and degrading to me. And then, um, At the time, also, I do remember feeling a sense of sexual wretchedness and romantic wretchedness. Then I recognized I never truly went on a date. What I thought was a date at the time with with these women, with these people, it wasn't a true date at all. Mm. So that was heavy and heinous. And then, um, you know, after church, we were fornicated again. So, um, I remember in church, we would, um, you know, sometimes I went to their Bible studies, their choir practices, um, just because sometimes they had me sing with them, but, you know, in practice and Occasionally, they had me sing in the choir with them as a guest. Like, Tony, come sing with us. So I remember that. But I didn't do it a whole lot. Whenever I visited, that's when they would have me sing. And they would have me do, like, small groups with them sometimes. Um, and I was received well in the small groups. I remember um, 
uh, I didn't have any sexual accountability. I didn't have anybody to tell, you know, to go to my every sexual decision with at the time. So I lacked sexual accountability. I lacked financial accountability at the time. I didn't have anybody to regularly go to my, um, my every financial decision with. And then I remember at the time where when I was in the presence of the women, I often felt like I even lacked romantic accountability at the time, how to go about love. I didn't understand love after rape. I didn't understand sex after rape. I didn't get it. What is healthy sex, healthy love after rape? I didn't know. And, um, you know, we would, at the time, we thought we would perform exorcisms. At the time, we were just loud with everybody else in the church in terms of praise and worship vocalizations. You know, the speaking in tongues thing, we did that in the aisle, dancing in the aisle, and you know, Holy Ghost party. I remember the do 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 the ha. I told you that past episode. Let me give you new details. And I just remember, um, we would all be um, being swayed in the spirit and the quickening. Also, the reason why these things happened to me because I felt like, well, because I'm. At the time, I felt like I was accepted by these Christian women that made me do all these things. But um, I just remember we would read the Bible to each other. We would quote passages to each other. We would tell each other what we thought of the Bible. I remember we would sing hymns and make up gospel lyrics on the spot and provide improvisational doing the ad-libbing of our own that we created and we do that with each other all the time and um, I uh, my last detail about the church life was just you know having a social life with them you know I didn't go just bowling with them went bowling with the church that they had me visited with them but they didn't always go to church, and I didn't always go to church either. So, um, that's the last detail about the church part. Um, last detail of my past was, um, I remember the women would sing to me, Will Smith's Get Jiggy With It, na 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 that was their way of encouraging me to continue to womanize. That's why I kept doing it. Everybody kept encouraging me to do it. And some people go, didn't you go to therapy at the time? Yeah, but I didn't know how to express everything I'm expressing on the podcast. And that's common for survivors. We still deal with, in my mind, sexual survivor guilt, romantic survivor guilt, sexual repressed memories, romantic repressed memories, sexual hypervigilance, romantic hypervigilance, sexual trauma triggers, romantic trauma triggers, sexual trauma stressors, romantic trauma stressors, sexual trauma reminders, romantic trauma reminders, 
sexual panic attacks, romantic panic attacks, sexual flashbacks, romantic flashbacks, romantic content warnings, sexual content warnings, sexual trigger warnings, romantic trigger warnings, uh, complex post sexual traumatic stress disorder, complex post traumatic romantic stress disorder. Um, sexual acute stress disorder, romantic acute stress disorder. That's what we had. Sexual hyperventilating, romantically romantic hyperventilating. Um, it was sexual trauma builders, romantic trauma builders. Um, sexual trauma reminders, romantic trauma reminders too. And um, Sexual emotion dysregulation and emotion and romantic emotion dysregulation. So that describes to you my entire sexual past. I don't like any aspect of my sexual past because I completely hate my sexual past. While at the same time, I'm not sexually hard on myself and I'm not romantically hard on myself either. Those are all the stories of my sexual past. I left nothing unsaid about that part of my life. Most people would try to have me relive my sexual past. That's the last set of reasons for why they rarely date and very rarely have sex. So, in the dating world, pay attention to abusive cycle. This is the name for the ongoing rotation between destructive and constructive behavior, which is typical of many dysfunctional relationships and families. In the dating world, pay attention to the abuser profile. A description of what a typical abuser looks like in quotations. In the dating world, pay attention to alienation, the act of cutting off or interfering with an individual's relationships with others. In the dating world, pay attention to always and ever statements. Always and ever statements are declarations containing the words always or never. They are commonly used, but rarely true. In the dating world, pay attention to anger. People who suffer from personality disorders often feel a sense of unresolved anger and a heightened or exaggerated perception that they have been wronged, invalidated, neglected, or abused. In the dating world, pay attention to avoidance. The practice of withdrawing from relationships with other people as a defensive measure to reduce the risk of rejection, accountability, criticism, or exposure. In the dating world, pay attention to baiting, a provocative act used to solicit an angry, aggressive, or emotional response from another individual. 
in the dating world, pay attention to belittling, condescending, and patronizing. This kind of speech is a passive-aggressive approach to giving someone a verbal put-down while maintaining a facade of reasonableness or friendliness. In the dating world, pay attention to blaming. The practice of identifying a person or people responsible for creating a problem rather than identifying ways of dealing with the problem. In the dating world, pay attention to bullying. Any systematic action of hurting a person from a position of relative, physical, social, economic, or emotional strength. In the dating world, pay attention to catastrophizing. The habit of automatically assuming a worst-case scenario, in quotations, and inappropriately characterizing minor or moderate problems or issues as catastrophic events. In the dating world, pay attention to chaos manufacture, unnecessarily creating or maintaining an environment of risk, destruction, confusion, or mess. In the dating world, pay attention to cheating. Sharing a romantic or intimate relationship with somebody when you are already committed to a monogamous relationship with someone else. In the dating world, pay attention to chronic broken promises. Repeatedly making and then breaking commitments and promises is a common trait among people who suffer from personality disorders. In the dating world, pay attention to circular conversations, arguments which go on almost endlessly, repeating the same patterns with no resolution. In the dating world, pay attention to confirmation bias, the tendency to pay more attention to things which reinforce your beliefs than to things which contradict them. In the dating world, pay attention to control me syndrome, This describes a tendency which some people have to foster relationships with people who have a controlling, narcissistic, antisocial, or acting out nature. In the dating world, pay attention to cruelty to animals. Acts of cruelty to animals have been statistically discovered to occur more often in people who suffer from personality disorders than in the general population. In the dating world, pay attention to denial, believing or imagining that some painful or traumatic circumstance, event, or memory does not exist or did not happen. In the dating world, pay attention to dependency, an inappropriate and chronic reliance by an adult individual on another adult, on another individual, for their health, subsistence, decision-making, or personal and emotional well-being. In the dating world, pay attention to depression. People who suffer from personality disorders are often also diagnosed with symptoms of depression. In the dating world, pay attention to dissociation, a psychological term used to describe a mental departure from reality. In the dating world, pay attention to domestic theft. Consuming or taking control of a resource or asset belonging to or shared with a family member, partner, or spouse without first obtaining their approval. In the dating world, pay attention to emotional abuse. Any pattern of behavior directed at one individual by another which promotes 
in them a destructive sense of fear, obligation, or guilt, FOG, fog. In the dating world, pay attention to emotional blackmail, a system of threats and punishments using an attempt to control someone's behaviors. In the dating world, pay pay attention to engulfment, an unhealthy and overwhelming level of attention and dependency on whether on another person, which comes from imagining or believing one exists only within the context of that relationship. One more time. In the dating world, pay attention to engulfment, an unhealthy and overwhelming level of attention and dependency on another person, which comes from imagining or believing one exists only within the context of that relationship. In the dating world, pay attention to escape to fantasy, taking an imaginary excursion to a happier, more hopeful place. In the dating world, pay attention to false accusations, patterns of unwarranted or exaggerated criticism directed towards someone else. In the dating world, pay attention to favoritism and scapegoating systematically giving a dysfunctional amount of preferential positive or negative treatment to one individual among a family group of peers. In the dating world, pay attention to fear of abandonment and irrational belief that one is imminent danger of being personally rejected, discarded, or replaced. In the dating world, pay attention to feelings of emptiness and acute chronic sense that daily life has little worth or significance leading to an impulsive appetite for strong physical sensations and dramatic relationship experiences. In the dating world, pay attention to frivolous litigation, the use of unmerited legal proceedings to hurt, harass, or gain an economic advantage over an individual or organization. In the dating world, pay attention to gaslighting, the practice of brainwashing or convincing a mentally healthy individual that they're going insane or that their understanding of reality is mistaken or false. The term gaslighting is based on the 1944 MGM movie Gaslight. In the dating world, pay attention to grooming. Grooming is the predatory act of maneuvering another individual into a position that makes them more isolated, dependent, likely to trust, and more vulnerable to abusive behavior. In the dating world, pay attention to harassment. Any sustained or chronic pattern of unwelcome behavior by one individual towards another. In the dating world, pay attention to high and low functioning. A high-functioning personality disorder individual is one who is able to conceal their dysfunctional behavior in certain public settings and maintain a positive public or professional profile while exposing their negative traits to family members behind closed doors. A low-functioning personality disorder individual is one who is unable to conceal their dysfunctional behavior from public view or maintain a positive public or professional profile. In the dating world, pay attention to hoarding, accumulating items to an extent that it becomes detrimental to quality of lifestyle, comfort, security, or hygiene. In the dating world, pay attention to holiday triggers. Mood swings in personality disorder individuals are often triggered or amplified by emotional events such as family holidays, significant anniversaries, and events which trigger emotional memories.
In the dating world, pay attention to hoovers and hoovering. A hoover is a metaphor taken from the popular brand of vacuum cleaners to describe how an abuse victim trying to assert their own rights by leaving or limiting contact in a dysfunctional relationship gets sucked back in when the perpetrator temporarily exhibits improved or desirable behavior. In the dating world, pay attention to hysteria. An inappropriate overreaction to bad news or disappointments, which diverts attention away from the real problem and towards the person who is having the reaction. In the dating world, pay attention to identity disturbance, a psychological term used to describe a distorted or inconsistent self-view. In the dating world, pay attention to imposed isolation. When abuse results in a person becoming isolated from their support network, including friends and family. In the dating world, pay attention to impulsiveness, the tendency to act or speak based on current feelings rather than logical reasoning. In the dating world, pay attention to infantilization, treating a child as if they are much younger than their actual age. In the dating world, pay attention to intimidation, any form of veiled, hidden, indirect, or nonverbal threat. In the dating world, pay attention to invalidation, the creation or promotion of an environment which encourages an individual to believe that their thoughts, beliefs, values, or physical presence are inferior, flawed, problematic, or worthless. In the dating world, pay attention to lack of conscience. Individuals who suffer from personality disorders are often preoccupied with their own agendas, sometimes to the exclusion of the needs and concerns of others. This is sometimes interpreted by others as a lack of moral conscience. In the dating world, pay attention to lack of object constancy and inability to remember that people or objects are consistent, trustworthy, and reliable, especially when they are out of your immediate field of vision. In the dating world, pay attention to low self-esteem, a common name for a negatively distorted self-view which is inconsistent with reality. In the dating world, pay attention to magical thinking also known as wishful thinking, looking for supernatural connections between external events and one's own thoughts, words, and actions. In the dating world, pay attention to manipulation, the practice of steering an individual into a desired behavior for the purpose of achieving a hidden personal goal. In the dating world, pay attention to masking, covering up one's own natural outward appearance mannerisms and speech in dramatic and inconsistent ways depending on the situation in the dating world pay attention to mirroring imitating or copying another person's characteristics behaviors or traits in the dating world pay attention to moments of clarity spontaneous periods when a person with a personality disorder becomes more objective and tries to make amends In the dating world, pay attention to mood swings, unpredictable, rapid, dramatic, emotional cycles which cannot be readily explained by changes in external circumstances. In the dating world, pay attention to Munchausen's and Munchausen by proxy syndrome, a disorder in which an individual repeatedly fakes or exaggerates medical symptoms in order to manipulate the attentions of medical professionals or caregivers. In the dating world, pay attention to name-calling. 
use of profane, derogatory, or dehumanizing terminology to describe another individual or group. In the dating world, pay attention to narcissism, a set of behaviors characterized by a pattern of grandiosity, self-centered focus, need for admiration, self-serving attitude, and a lack of empathy or consideration for others. In the dating world, pay attention to neglect. A passive form of abuse in which the physical or emotional needs of a dependent are disregarded or ignored by the person responsible for them. In the dating world, pay attention to normalizing. Normalizing is a tactic used to desensitize individuals to abusive, coercive, or inappropriate behaviors. In essence, normalizing is the manipulation of another human being to get them to agree to or accept something that is in conflict with the law social norms, or their own basic code of behavior. In the dating world, pay attention to not my fault syndrome. The practice of avoiding personal responsibility for one's own words and actions. In the dating world, pay attention to no-win scenarios when you are manipulated into choosing between two bad options. In the dating world, pay attention to objectification the practice of treating a person or a group of people like an object. In the dating world, pay attention to obsessive compulsive behavior and inflexible adherence to arbitrary rules and systems or an illogical adherence to cleanliness and orderly structure. In the dating world, pay attention to panic attacks, short, intense episodes of fear or anxiety often accompanied by physical symptoms such as hyperventilating, shaking, sweating, and chills. In the dating world, pay attention to parental alienation syndrome when a separated parent convinces their child that the other parent is bad, evil, or worthless. In the dating world, pay attention to parentification, a form of role reversal in which a child is inappropriately given the role of meeting the emotional or physical needs of the parent or of the family's other children. In the dating world, pay attention to passive-aggressive behavior, expressing negative feelings in an unassertive, passive way. In the dating world, pay attention to pathological lying, Persistent deception by an individual to serve their own interests and needs with little or no regard to the needs and concerns of others. A pathological liar is a person who habitually lies to serve their own needs. In the dating world, pay attention to perfectionism. The maladaptive practice of holding oneself or others to an unrealistic, unattainable, or unsustainable standard of organization, order, or accomplishment in one particular area of living, while sometimes neglecting common standards of organization, order, or accomplishment in other areas of living. In the dating world, pay attention to physical abuse. Any form of voluntary behavior by one individual which inflicts pain, disease, or discomfort on another or deprives them of necessary health, nutrition, and comfort. In the dating world, pay attention to projection. The act of attributing one's own feelings or traits to another person and imagining or believing that the other person has those same feelings or traits. In the dating world, pay attention to proxy recruitment. 
a way of controlling or abusing another person by manipulating other people into unwittingly backing doing the dirty work. In the dating world, pay attention to push-pull, a chronic pattern of sabotaging and reestablishing closeness in a relationship without appropriate cause or reason. In the dating world, pay attention to ranking and comparing, drawing unnecessary and inappropriate comparisons between individuals or groups. In the dating world, pay attention to raging violence and impulsive aggression, explosive verbal, physical, or emotional elevations of a dispute, rages, threaten the security or safety of another individual and violate their personal and professional boundaries. And remember, feelings are not negative. It's about your response and reactions to all your feelings. In the dating world, pay attention to relationship hypervigilance. Maintaining an unhealthy level of interest in the behaviors, comments, thoughts, and interests of others. In the dating world, pay attention to riding the emotional elevator, taking a fast track to different levels of emotional maturity. In the dating world, pay attention to sabotage, a spontaneous disruption of calm or status quo in order to serve a personal interest, provoke a conflict, or draw attention. In the dating world, pay attention to scapegoating, singling out one child, employee, or member of a group of peers for unmerited negative treatment or blame. In the dating world, pay attention to selective memory and selective amnesia. The use of memory or lack of memory, which is selective to the point of reinforcing a biased belief or desired outcome. In the dating world, pay attention to selective competence, demonstrating different levels of intelligence, memory, resourcefulness, strength, or competence, depending on the situation or environment. In the dating world, pay attention to self-aggrandizement, a pattern of pompous behavior, boasting, narcissism, or competitiveness designed to create an appearance of superiority. In the dating world, pay attention to self-harm. Any form of deliberate premeditated injury such as cutting, poisoning, or overdosing inflicted on oneself. In the dating world, pay attention to self-loathing, an extreme hatred of one's own self-actions or one's ethnic or demographic background. In the dating world, pay attention to self-victimization, casting oneself in the role of a victim. In the dating world, pay attention to sense of entitlement, an unrealistic, unmerited, or inappropriate expectation of favorable living conditions and favorable treatment at the hands of others. In the dating world, pay attention to sexual coercion. Sexual coercion is the act of using subtle pressure, trickery, emotional force, drugs, or alcohol to force sexual contact with someone against their will. It includes persistent attempts to have sexual contact with someone who has already refused. At its core, sexual coercion slash abuse is about imbalance and power and control. In the dating world, pay attention to sexual objectification, viewing another individual in terms of their sexual usefulness or attractiveness rather than pursuing or engaging in a quality interpersonal relationship with them. In the dating world, pay attention to shaming. The difference between blaming and shaming 
is that in blaming someone tells you that you did something bad and shaming someone tells you that you are something bad. In the dating world, pay attention to silent treatment, a passive-aggressive form of emotional abuse in which displeasure, disapproval, and contempt is exhibited through nonverbal gestures while maintaining verbal silence. In the dating world, pay attention to situational ethics, a philosophy which promotes the idea that when dealing with a crisis, the end justifies the means and that a rigid interpretation of rules and laws can be set aside if a greater good or lesser evil is served by doing so. In the dating world, pay attention to sleep deprivation. The practice of routinely interrupting, impeding, or restricting another person's sleep cycle. In the dating world, pay attention to splitting. The practice of regarding people in situations as either completely good or completely bad. In the dating world, pay attention to stalking, any pervasive and unwelcome pattern of pursuing contact with another individual. In the dating world, pay attention to stunted emotional growth, a difficulty, reluctance, or inability to learn from mistakes, work on self-improvement, or develop more effective coping strategies. In the dating world, pay attention to targeted humor, mocking, and sarcasm, any sustained pattern of joking, sarcasm, or mockery, which is designed to reduce another individual's reputation in their own eyes, or in the eyes of others. In the dating world, pay attention to terminal uniqueness. It's the false belief that the situation a person is facing is unlike anything anyone has ever faced before. It's so unique that therapy and treatment or recovery programs that work for others will not work for them because they are a special case. In the dating world, pay attention to testing. Repeatedly forcing another individual to demonstrate or prove their love or commitment to a relationship. In the dating world, pay attention to thought policing. Any process of trying to question, control, or unduly influence another person's thoughts or feelings. In the dating world, pay attention to threats. Inappropriate intentional warnings of destructive actions or consequences. In the dating world, pay attention to triangulation gaining an advantage over perceived rivals by manipulating them into conflicts with each other. In the dating world, pay attention to triggering. Small, insignificant, or minor action statements or events that produce a dramatic or inappropriate response. In the dating world, pay attention to tunnel vision. The habit or tendency to only see or focus on a single priority while neglecting or ignoring other important priorities. Lastly, in the dating world, pay attention to verbal abuse. Any kind of repeated pattern of inappropriate, derogatory, threatening speech directed at one individual by another. So now let's get to sex. Make sure... There is clear consent. Learn how to orgasm on your own. Get checked. Find out if your partner has gotten tested recently. Make sure you're actually turned on. Get some exercise. Try and spend quality time with your partner. Take some time for yourself too. Make an extra effort to be present during sex. Think about what you'd like to get out of sex. 
Hint at sex long before you have it. Have condoms ready. Stash lube by your bedside. Consider the details. Stimulate your brain. Make a to-do list and then put it away. Do one thing that makes you feel sexier. Take a few deep breaths. Start off slow. Best. Eat healthy foods to put you in the mood. Worst. Eat spicy food or an overly heavy meal. Best. Spend some quality time with your partner. Worst. Shave or wax right before sex. Best. Have the talk. Worst. Take and to antihistamines just before sex take antihistamines just before sex that's the worst best think sexy thoughts and get yourself in the mood worse drink too much alcohol best stretch and meditate worst engage in intense exercise best Put away your cell phone. Worst. Brush and floss your teeth without using an electric toothbrush and without doing well with dental floss and without doing well with water floss. And make sure you clean your gums out. Um, best, have protection at the ready. Worst, douche, douche just before sex or ever. Um, Number one, use barrier methods the correct way every time you have sex. Barrier methods should be used on body parts and toys for any vaginal, anal, oral sex. Barrier methods include external condoms, sometimes called male condoms, internal condoms, sometimes called female condoms, latex or nitrile gloves, dental dams, use lots of condoms, safe lubrication, change condoms before switching between oral, vaginal, or anal sex. Use a fresh condom or clean slash sterilized sex toys when sharing. Test for all STIs frequently and encourage your partners to do the same. 
barium-methyl-significantly lower the risk of getting STI. They work by preventing each other's genitals and body fluids from coming into contact with the other partner's body. When used correctly every single time, condoms can also prevent pregnancy about 98% of the time with perfect use and 87% of the time with typical use. You should always use a barrier method unless all partners have recently tested negative for an STI and you are both absolutely sure that neither of you have had sex with anyone else since the test. If you do not want to get pregnant, you should use a condom every time you have sex. Um, and then... Keep protection handy. Check that breath. Wear clothes that are um, easy to take off. Clean your private parts. Go empty your bladder. Hint at it. Have condoms ready. Set the moods. Stimulate your brain. To-do list. Feel sexier. Deep breaths. Right partner, cozy place, foreplay, take it slow, try again later. Remember contraception. Avoid spicy food. Avoid drinking too much. Don't shave right before. Okay. Uh, Things you should avoid after having sex. You shouldn't forget to use the bathroom. Avoid using perfumed or scented products on your genital area. You should never douche after sex. Avoid wearing tight-fitting clothing post-sex. Consent and boundaries, turn-ons and preferences, expectations for the relationship after you have sex. Whether or not they've always used protection in the past, uh, if they've ever had an STI and and if they've been tested, Lube, protection, you don't have to be in love, your body isn't weird, laughter is encouraged, warm-up is essential, unlearn the shame, start simple, a post-sex debrief never hurt anyone, there is no one set way to have sex. Think of sex, be mysterious, feel sexy, play safe, ambience counts.
And here are questions to ask each other before sex. I really like you and I'm excited about thinking of you in a sexual way. Do you think of me like that too? What does that look like for you? What's your favorite part of your body and why? What's your favorite part of my body and why? Have you discovered something that you really like sexually? What was it and how did you learn about it? Have you discovered something that you definitely don't like sexually? What wasn't? How did you learn about it? What sexual activities do you want to engage in? What are some sexual activities you are comfortable engaging in? What do you say or do if something starts to not feel good? I want to know what to look for and when I should check in. Sometimes one of us might need a break from being sexual. We might need to stop entirely. What would be good for you in that moment? I want you to know that I never expect you to do something sexually that you don't want to do. I won't keep doing something that hurts me or makes me feel badly. How can we help keep that promise to each other? What happens if we break that promise? Have you ever had any bad experiences with sex? Is there something that triggers you or takes you out of feeling good in that moment? What can I do to avoid triggering you? What should I do if you do feel that way? What should I do if you do feel that way? Some people like being held, others don't. What would you like? What words do you like or don't like to use when talking about your body parts and my body parts? I ask this of any person I'm sexual with because being honest and informed is important to me. Have you ever tested positive for an STI, sexual transmitted infections? How were you treated? When was the last time you were tested for STIs? Have you ever tested positive for an STD, sexual transmitted disease? How were you treated? When was the last time you were tested for STDs? What kind of protection do you want to use against STIs and STDs in oral sex? What kind of protection do you want to use against STIs and STDs in penetrative sex? What kinds of protection do you want to use against STIs and STDs in pregnancy during intercourse? Do you have the protection we agreed to use? Are you on birth control? Do you have a latex allergy? Are you thinking of this as are you thinking of this more as a hookup or relationship? Do you want to date exclusively? How can we keep each other safe from exposure to STDs and STIs? Would you be willing to tell me if you are sexual with other people or and or anyone else? Are you currently seeing anyone else? Can we come to an agreement about not using alcohol or other drugs while being sexual? How much detail about our experiences are you comfortable with me talking about with other people and or someone else? Are we, are we each comfortable sharing sexy pictures or texts? If so, what are our commitments to each other's privacy? Can we pro- each promise to tell the other person if we feel hurt or violated by the other person? Can we each promise to listen to that person and take responsibility for any actions that may have caused harm? Take care of your hygiene down below. All you need to do is give it a little wash here and there. Just remember to stick to good, clean water and try to avoid any harsh or scented soap as they tend to cause irritation. Groom down there. Shave, wax, trim. Do whatever you can to make sure things are under control down there. Grooming also helps with the hygiene so you would be killing two birds with one stone. Go to the bathroom before it. The worst thing is to be in the middle of sex and feeling bloated or in need of a visit or, or in need of a visit to the bathroom. So take care of your bathroom business before you hit the bedroom. You will eliminate any reason for the sex to be postponed in any way. Take a good shower. Hop in the shower beforehand to make sure your whole body is feeling 
and smelling as fresh as can be. Don't forget to exfoliate all over, especially in the often overlooked aeroginous zones such as elbows, knees, and your butt. There's nothing like having sex after a nice clean cleanse. Don't neglect your breath. Don't end up focusing on your lower body department so much that you end up forgetting the mouth region. Brush your teeth, floss prior to your lovemaking session so you can kiss your or sex your person as much and or people as much as you want without sporting a funky breath. Wear your favorite lotion or perfume, but don't overdo it. Get your skin to the point where they feel as smooth as silk and smelling nice and sweet. Just make sure you don't overdo it. We don't want the perfume to enter the room before you do. Hydrate your lips. It is impossible. It is important to keep those lips as luscious and soft as possible. Try to stay away from wearing lip gloss or lipsticks for far too long. You don't want to leave any residue on either of you or your partner's lips after makeout session. Simply slather on some non-scented lip balms a few minutes beforehand so your lips have had some time to soak in the moisture. Shave your legs. It's probably one of the, this is probably one of the things many people feel self-conscious about. So to avoid all that, go ahead and shave, wax, or expellate your legs. You need to feel free and not worry about whether or not your person and or people will feel your hairy legs. Wear your sexy undies if you don't have any, invest in one. This is for you, by the way, not for them. Putting on that sexy that sexy um, attire will give you the confidence attitude that your person or people will not be able to resist. Try to get yourself as relaxed as you can as you could possibly be. If this means having that glass of red wine or taking a nice hot bath, then do it. Relax that body of yours so the sex can feel as carefree and sensual as can be. There's more. Never have sex with someone who isn't monogamous with you. Now, if you practice polyamory, ethical non-monogamy, or otherwise just non-monogamous, this advice won't be relevant to you. But most people are seeking committed sexual relationships and and that is understandable. Having multiple partners recklessly instead of having multiple partners wisely can put you at increased risk of things like STIs and STDs. But... Within monogamy, you can also get STIs and STDs if people are reckless and not safe. So if you're seeking to be monogamous, why would you 
So if you're seeking to be monogamous, why would you have sex with a person before you're monogamous with them? A circumvent your true goal and just muddies the waters. I'm not saying you have to wait until they put a ring on it, but you should at least be able to have a conversation with this person about monogamy, ensuring that you aren't having other partners outside of yourselves. I dare say, listen to both your body and your brain. Listen, we all have sexual needs and sometimes, well, most people, because you do have some people who are gray sexual, um, asexual, sex indifferent, sex neutral. Some people are sex negative and there's no judgments, but we have to acknowledge such realities. And sometimes we just really need crave sexual touch. Here's the good news. Sex toys exist. Masturbation exists. Erotica exists. Pleasure yourself before you go on a date or out on the town. And I bet you will be that much less interesting just um, bringing home a person and you don't know their character just to satisfy your needs bonus a sex toy will probably be more likely to help you reach orgasm than an intoxicated person who just met you and doesn't know your needs at all um talk about it yes i mean talk sometimes you can text it out sometimes you email it but mostly it's better if you talk it in person Have a real conversation in person about whether or not you're ready to have sex. It is awkward, maybe, but I can guarantee you that if it is awkward for you to talk about having sex with this person, then having sex with them would be even way more awkward. If you can't be vulnerable open before you get into the bedroom or any other sexual setting, then it's a good sign that you're not ready to be in the bedroom or any other sexual setting quite yet. And... Try day dates. For some reason, we always seem that dating should be at night, but I find that day dating allows for more honesty and emotional connection for some people. Other people, night dating helps them out best. Not only is alcohol usually not involved, it also allows for the possibility to do something more active like hiking or playing sports instead of just seeing a movie and having dinner. You know, movies, dinners, and sports, is nothing wrong with that, and alcohol is good. I just want to say that. Um, seeing someone in the light of the day will help you get to know them better for some people and also make it less likely for you to go home with them. Some people, that's true. Other people, it could be day, it could be night. They're going to go home with each other. It is what it is. And that's fine. And you will have other plans during the day slash evening. You won't be tired and possibly intoxicated. I'm not, um, dissing drunkenness at all. I'm not dissing, um people get drunk. I just want to make that clear. And just be responsible with your alcohol usage is pretty much it. You can meet on neutral turf sometimes and stay clear-headed. Sometimes the other people in your date's place They may have to meet their dog, cat, roommates. And they may offer you a home-cooked meal or something sweet. 
Discernment will tell you to say yes when it's appropriate, and discernment will tell you to say no when it's appropriate. And if you end up in their bed, in terms of your date, discernment will tell you when it's the right time to have sex. Everybody's time, right time to have sex is diverse. Um, and some of the people they may live with or they live alone, um, the people that they live with, one might be interested in you. If it's non-monogamous, that's your decision. If it's monogamous, stick with your date and nobody else. Um... Here are things to ask yourself before you have sex with someone. What kind of relationship do you want? What are your feelings? Do you feel strongly about this person? Do you feel a strong connection with them? Can you have a good laugh together as well as talk easily with them? Do you feel respect and do you respect them? Do they make you feel good about yourself? Do you feel safe with this person? Can you talk with them easily about your feelings and what you want and need? Practice basic hygiene. Groom yourself, but in a way that's comfortable for you. Whip out those sexual role-playing wardrobe. Do whatever makes you feel beautiful. Be prepared. Check in. Relax. A healthy sex life fits in with everything you're about, including your personal values, your school and career goals, the emotional, physical risk you're willing to take. Think about if having sex is something you really want to do or something you're being pressured to do. Whether family and friends will support your decision, how important that is to you. Your feelings about who you are and what you're comfortable doing. Whether you want to be in a committed relationship before you have sex and if that's true for your partner too. What the pros and cons are and especially thinking it through any cons before deciding. You're not ready to have sex if the reason you want to sound, if you, you're not ready to have sex if the reason you want to sounds anything like I'm the only virgin in my group of friends. I want to get it over with. My partner would break up with me. I don't have sex. Having sex would make me popular. I feel older if I have sex. And what if I don't want to have sex at all? That's totally normal and okay. Just because you don't want to have sex now doesn't mean you'll never want to. And then for some people, they don't ever want to, and that's fine too. People have different sex drives and urge or interest in having sex. Lots of things affect sex drives like stress, hormones, life experiences, illnesses, medicines, how comfortable you are in a relationship, how safe you feel, how attractive you are to somebody. How important sex in, is in your life can change over time, so don't worry if it's not something you're interested in right now. Um...
Well, some people don't kiss their partners when it comes to sex, and some people do teach their own. Biting before your partner's ready? No, bite when they are ready. Ignoring any every, ignoring everything but sexualized parts? No. Putting your weight on your partner to the point where you're suffocating them, chalking them, or hindering them. Climaxing too soon slash too late. Not warning your partner before you climax. Treating sex like porn. Um, I mean, it's okay to include some kind of porn in your sex, but don't make it seem like if you're not every doing everything the porn people do, then somehow you're deficient or insufficient. Um, and by the way, as you know, I'm for ethical non-monogamy. I'm for ethical, casual sex and ethical promiscuity. I just want to make that clear. Um, don't stay quiet all the time. Don't do mechanical... Don't make sex all about mechanical acts. Pretending to have an orgasm? No, do not fake orgasms. If you're going to joke about private parts, make sure it adds to the beauty of the sex and not makes the sex ugly. Don't crack mean-spirited jokes about private parts. Comparing a lover with an ex is a no-no. Five things you should do while having sex. If you're going to kiss, kiss erotically. Four plays a must. Locate your best sex positions. Express your pleasure. Don't, don't forget to experiment. Five questions to ask yourself before having sex. What does sex mean to me? What do I expect from sex? Does this relationship include respect and trust? How much do my partner understand about consent? Are my partner and I on the same page about family planning? Here are these key things. Is that, um... When I think of sex, I think of I just think of the fact that I don't use sex to provoke romance I don't use sex to make somebody fall in love with me I don't use sex to have a healthy body relationship and as for consent 
I recognize that consenting to one sex position doesn't always mean consenting to the other positions. And consenting to one sex doesn't always mean consenting to all the other sex acts. Okay, now here are questions people should be asking of each other before sex. But you have to pick the right time, make it about them initially. Be honest, listen, be clear, calm, and direct. Offer reassurance, don't blame or judge. Focus on practical solutions. And here are the questions y'all should be asking each other. When's the last time you had a dream about me? What outfit do I wear that is your favorite? Guess what color underwear I'm wearing? What's the naughtiest thing you've ever done? What's your most hardcore fantasy? Have you ever said someone else's name during sex instead of the person you were with? What's the most sensitive part of your body? Is there a sexual act that totally that totally turns you off? Is there a sexual position that totally turns you off? And is there a sexual act that totally turns you on? Is there a sexual position that totally turns you on? Have you ever been caught masturbating? Have you ever had sex outside? Have you ever had public sex? Have you ever used a sex toy in bed and outside of bed? When was the last time you masturbated, and what did you and, and what did you masturbate about? If you could only have one type of sex for the rest of your life, what would, what would you choose? Do you like going commando? Do you like for your partner to take charge sexually, or do you like to be the one to take charge sexually? Do you like foreplay? What makes sex amazing for you? Are you into any form of BDSM? Are you into sexual role plays? There's something that you have been meaning to try during sex. Is there a sexual act that scares you? Do you have a sexual kink that you are embarrassed about? Does a certain type of music turn you on? Are you into two people sex? Are you into group sex? Are you into paying for adult sexual services? Do you have fantasies about having sex in a usual place? What is your favorite time, favorite place? and favorite methods to have sex. Do you like sexting as a form of foreplay? How many sexual partners have you had? Is there a specific area of the body where you hate being touched? Is there a specific area of the body where you love being touched? What about me turns you on sexually? What about me turns you off sexually? Have you been envious of any of your friends' sex lives or colleagues' sex lives? Um. And then several questions to ask your partner before sex. What does sex mean to me? What do I expect from sex? Does this relationship include respect and trust? Does seeing your partner undergarments turn you on or off? Where do you stand in relation to family planning? What kind of protection should we use? Do you want to date me exclusively or is it a hookup? You know, is it a one night stand or do we have sex more than once? What safe word should we use if either of us gets uncomfortable at any given moment during sex? Do you have any fantasies or fetishes? Is there anything you don't like sexually that we must avoid? Do you prefer lights on or off? Are you a top or bottom? Do you like cuddling? What is your favorite type of foreplay? How high is your sex drive? When was the last time you sex for sexually transmitted infections and sexually transmitted diseases, STDs, and STIs? Do you currently have any infections or illnesses that I should be aware of? Have you had a sex dream about me or someone else? Do you have a sex game that you like? Which part of my body do you find most attractive or least attractive? Do you have a sex game that you dislike? Do you like to talk dirty before or during sex? Do you like to talk dirty? Do you like things to be a bit rough while having sex? Do you have some strict sexual boundaries that I should know about? 
What do you think a couple should start? Ha- when do you think a couple should start having sex with each other? When do you think non-monogamous people should start having sex with each other? How do you communicate if you don't like something your partner's doing in bed or outside of bed? Do you like to watch porn as a form of foreplay, or do you just watch porn in general? Do you like being sexually involved with someone you're committed to, or those that you're not committed to? How often do you like to have sex in a week? Would you like to take a shower with me before or after sex, or even during sex? Is there a specific type of porn that you're watching right now? And all of this helps to ensure safety, expresses desires and needs, sets expectations, proves sex life, keep things sexy. And find out your partner's sexual history. Find out your partner's STD status as well as your own. Find out more about birth control and protection. And, um... And then, 10 things to know before sleeping with someone. Their full name and phone number. How safe you feel with them. Their relationship status. Their STI status. Not sexy, but fully necessary. How are you going to prevent pregnancy and STI transmission? What kind of animals your partner has? What kind of children your partner has? What having sex will mean for the relationship? Is there any allergies or intolerances? Whether 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 either of you has any triggers? Do you really want to have sex with this person? Some people use food as foreplay and some people don't and both are okay. So yes, it's okay to lotion up your body and use sexy cologne too. Eat frisky, friendly foods. Leave work at work. 
Change your clothes if you have to. (laughs) Sexting is a beautiful thing. And, um... I will say this as I close because y'all getting the point. Honor the importance of communication before and after sex. Honor the role of sexual compatibility, sexual chemistry in relationships. Some people choose to have sex for entering a relationship and that's fine. Some people don't, that's fine too. Everyone's timing of sex is depending upon cult depending upon their value system and make sure that the sex you have affects the dynamics of your relationship well. Understanding emotional consequences of having sex early on and um sex is not the most important aspect of a relationship you know it's very important. The most important part is how you treat each other outside of sex because that dictates how you treat each other within sex. Explore the risk and benefits of sex in general. Factors to consider before deciding to have sex with someone new, that's something for each sex active person to decide for themselves. And, um... I may have repeated myself, but that's okay. Some people like kissing, cuddling, touching heads, hugs, greeting, being inside each other's space, uh, bed sharing, um, snuggling. And that's what works for some people. Just to give you some examples. How does my body intuition let me know when I'm ready to have sex? How do I best communicate that information to my potential partners? And remember... For the record, if you start having sex, there's also no hard and fast rule about how often, how much, how long, what kind of sex you should be having. Every single sexual relationship is different. If you're going to have unprotected sex and bareback sex, make sure that the contextualization of those two types of sex are filled with wisdom, clarity, and discernment. What I mean by this, if y'all are trying to have children, 
or a committed relationship or y'all have casual monogamy that should be fine Um, other than that I would recommend safer sex and then um, I do have a little bit more to say after all um Remember the physical limits. Remember the emotional boundaries. Remember who to tell, who not to tell. Remember who to see, who not to see. And remember that sex should not be an exit strategy. Um, Make sure that compersion is in place and jealousy is out of place so have your own relationship contract with each other and for some people it's okay for y'all to have relationship covenant with one another 